0: Welcome to the Danny Picard Show, Monday, March 2nd, 2020, from the Beantown USA studio. Beantown USA is Boston's home for customized screen printing and embroidery. Get more information on their website, BeantownUSA.com. Today's show is presented by DraftKings. You can play for free at DraftKings.com or on the DraftKings app by using promo code PICK. P-I-C, that's promo code PIC, P-I-C, whether it's the NBA, the NHL, the XFL, or even this weekend's big golf tournament, the Arnold Palma Invitational, putting together a lineup is fast and easy, and for you, it could be free. That's right, free, when you sign up using promo code PIC, P-I-C, that's promo code PIC, P-I-C, at DraftKings.com. Welcome to the show on this Monday March 2nd, the first show of the month of March for me. Um, We are almost through the quietest time of the year in the sports world. Almost through it. And that quietest time is from the Super Bowl to March Madness. Next week is Championship Week in college basketball, followed by, of course, Selection Sunday, which is going to be on Sunday, March 15th. You got some golf tournaments this month to help get us through Uh, We got the Arnold Palmer Invitational this weekend at Bay Hill, which I just mentioned in the DraftKings read to open the show. You got the Players' Championship the following weekend at TPC Sawgrass. And, of course, who doesn't like the WGC match play on March 25th in Austin, Texas this year? And um, before you know it, we're going to be talking about the Masters at Augusta. And that's when we will be into the Major League Baseball regular season. Right now it's still spring training. Uh, there is some news coming out of spring training. I will get to that and I will re- I will react to a story on David Price, which I kind of already reacted to on Twitter over the weekend. Uh, but I will share my thoughts on uh, that. And, uh, you know, before you know it, we'll be to the NBA playoffs and the Stanley Cup playoffs. So we're just trying to get through this stretch from the, from the Super Bowl – to March madness it is the quietest stretch of the year every year in the sports world but um that's what we got going on now there is still news like we we are still talking about some some big news especially in this town with regards to Tom Brady Tom Brady's going to be the story until it is un- until he has signed on the dotted line and there is news that he has really announced what team he's going to play for next season. Until we get that news, until we get Brady signing on the dotted line with a team for the 2020 NFL season, Tom Brady is going to be the top story. So, while I said this is the quietest time of year in the sports world, I say that with regards to actual meaningful games, right? There's no meaningful NFL games. There's no meaningful Major League Baseball games. Yeah, there are meaningful NBA and NHL games, but I think we're really just trying to get – we're to the point, just get us to the playoffs right now, right? Like, like those seasons are so long. The NBA and the NHL, every time you get to February and March, you're just kind of like, wow, this has been a long season. Is it the playoffs yet? That's what I really want. Outside of the games, there is major news, and obviously right now that's Tom Brady. And I know you're sick of hearing about this, and I am too. I'm sick of hearing about the Tom Brady news too, but – it still is news and he still was a a a big part of the news over the weekend. Tom Brady, Julian Edelman, and Jimmy Fallon were courtside at a college basketball game at Syracuse. Syracuse versus UNC. This game was it on ESPN? I think it was, right? Well, the at least the ESPN cameras were on Brady, Edelman, and Jimmy Fallon sitting courtside. And some people say would say, "Well, why why is Brady why are Brady and Edelman sitting with Jimmy Fallon? Why do people shit on Jimmy Fallon? I like Jimmy Fallon. I think he's a funny dude. I think Jimmy Fallon, out of all the late night hosts, is by far the most talented. Like, it's not even close. Think of all the late night hosts. Jimmy Fallon, Jimmy Fallon can do it all. He really can. And I'm not <laughs> like I'm not telling you I watch a lot of late night, a lot of these late night shows. But I've seen enough of them to know who brings what to the table. Jimmy Fallon is by far the most talented out of any of the late night hosts. Well, I don't know. I don't understand why people shit on the guy. He's good. He's funny. And like I said, he's the most talented out of all of them. But he's with Edelman. He's with Brady. All right. I guess, I mean, I guess they're friends. They must be filming something together, right? There's got to be something going on there. I don't know what, but there's got to be something. Maybe you know. You can tell me on Twitter. Anyways. They're sitting courtside, and as the camera zooms in on him, Julian Edelman looks at the camera and he says, he's coming back. He's coming back. He says it twice. He's laughing. Brady was not laughing. Brady turns, he looks at him, and Brady says something, and it's on camera, and now we're trying to figure out what Tom Brady said to Julian Edelman, because Brady did not look happy, right? Like, it was kind of a fake smile at the end. Like, Brady was not happy that Edelman was sitting there going, he's coming back, he's coming back. But, so now we're really trying to dig into this thing. And I know a lot of people are going, Danny, don't play the game, don't get involved, don't try to dig in like everybody else. But I have to because at first, I thought that Brady was saying, after Edelman said, he's coming back, he's coming back, I thought Brady was saying, I thought, if you read in Brady's lips, I thought he said, he's not. So when Edelman says he's coming back, he's coming back, I thought Brady said, he's not. That's what I thought. But then other people on Twitter pointed out to me after I tweeted out that Brady's reaction, with me thinking he Brady saying he's not, as in he's not coming back, I said that that piece of video and Brady's reaction was the most concerning thing that I've ever seen in my entire life. And uh, that I am scared. <laughs> that made me really scared. That may wow, maybe this is the first time, the first moment where I had to sit back and go, maybe he's not coming back. Maybe we have seen the last time. Maybe we have seen Brady play in the Patriots uniform for the last time. We're never gonna see him play in a Patriots uniform again. Maybe this is all true. Like I don't even know how to I don't even know how to take that in, or how to respond to it, how to react to it. But this was the first time I felt that way, seeing his reaction. And then people on Twitter responded to me saying no, no, no. He's not saying he's not. Brady's saying... And I actually... I put a poll up on Twitter, which... You can't vote anymore. Uh, it's final. But but people were telling me... Maybe Brady was saying... This guy. So Edelman's going, he's coming back, he's coming back. And Brady says... Looks at him and goes, this guy. Which is kind of like, you know, don't spill the beans... Right? What what was Brady saying in that moment? Well, I put a poll up on Twitter. Got close to 3000 votes. I asked what does Tom Brady say at the end of that video? Either he's he either he's saying he's not he's lying, which is something that Brady could have said if you if you really try to read his lips. He's lying. Or This guy, as in this guy, which one of those three things did he say? Well, 48% that that's, that's the highest percentage. 48% of the people think that Brady said this guy, 45% of the vote think Brady said he's not seven, only 7% said that Brady said he's lying. Now, if you take all three of those phrases and you just stick to one, like just stick to he's not, and you watch the video, you'll see that Brady says he's not. Like you can talk yourself into it. You're like, oh, that's what he's saying. But then if you go this guy and you just focus on that phrase and you watch the video, you think to yourself, well, actually, yeah, Brady said this guy, Or even with he's lying, if you just kind of brainwash yourself that that's what he said and you watch the video it shows that's what he said. It's, a, it's like the, uh, <laughs> the the dress, right? Was it, is it blue or gold? Is that what it was? A white or blue? Whatever colors that dress were. How about the latest one, the swing? Have you seen that? Where the guy's swinging on the swing, and it's like, is he facing the building or is he not facing the building? Which way are his legs kicking out? That one's even more wacky than the dress, in my opinion. Because I think it's a no-brainer. That guy is swinging away from the camera his legs are kicking out away from the camera and there are some people trying to watch the that watch the same video as me that try to tell me those legs are kicking towards the camera if I mean if I'm if I'm getting this I'd have to watch I'd have to watch that swing video again but my point to how I really feel but my point is there are people that can watch the same thing and see two completely different things like the dress, like the swing, and even kind of like this Brady situation. Like, what's Brady saying? We are overreacting to this. There is no question about it. I am overreacting to this. There is no question about it. I do not like Brady's reaction to Edelman going, he's coming back, he's coming back. I didn't like Brady's reaction to that. Even if it turns out he says this guy, I still don't like Brady's reaction. Lighten up, Tom. Lighten up. (laughs) Right? Like... And the fact that he can't lighten up about that tells me there's something that he's a little tense about. Would you be tense about returning to the Patriots? Is that something that you'd be tense about that you couldn't joke around about? So yeah, I see that reaction, and it really is the first time that I'm going, wow, this is this is concerning. <laughs> Pretty like lighten up, dude. Well, I guess if you're not coming back, then you really can't lighten up. But then Julian Edelman posts something later that night. It was later that night on Saturday night, right? Julian Edelman makes a post about a new T-shirt that he's selling in which it says, Stay, Tom 2020, a quarterback you can trust. Now, Edelman is trying to profit off all this. But is Edelman going to put that shirt up is he going to do that if Tom's not if Brady's not coming back? Cuz if he thinks Brady is leaving, then to publicly put out a shirt to try to recruit Brady and then Brady says no, nah, screw you. Like that would be kind of that that's making Brady look even worse from a public relations standpoint, right? So I have to take all that in and then I also have to go If Brady wasn't coming back, would he really be making appearances with Julian Edelman courtside of a college basketball game on ESPN? Like, would that be a good look? From a PR perspective? Is it? And Brady does care about that. He does think about this stuff. There is a strategy that he's involved in. There's no question about it. If he wasn't coming back to the Patriots, put yourself in Brady's shoes. You've spent... 20 years somewhere, you're a legend in that town. All of a sudden, you're thinking about getting up and and running away, packing up and saying goodbye. And you are going to sign with the Chargers or the Raiders. You're gone, like some of the reports say. Jeff Darlington on ESPN last week, be stunned if Brady returned to the Patriots. Let's say you're Brady. You are gone. And you know it. You're not coming back to New England. You're going to break a lot of hearts. You're going to... You know, that's going to piss a lot of people off. And it's a huge move. Right? Are you really going to go around with Julian Edelman and make public appearances like that? I don't... I just don't think you would. I I don't think you're going to. I don't think you would. I know I wouldn't. I mean, maybe you're caught somebody catches you on camera, you you're friendly with Julian Edelman, obviously. Maybe somebody's like, hey, Brady's with Edelman, like they're out, you know, grabbing a coffee or something and and they get caught on on video. That's one thing. But you know, when you sit courtside with Julian Edelman, and the game was on ESPN, right? Even if it wasn't on ESPN, even if it wasn't a televised game, let's say it was a D two or a D three game that you just wanted to go watch a basketball game together, sit courtside. Let's say Jimmy Fallon wasn't even there. Cameras would still find those guys. You're almost going out of your way to show the world that you and Julian Edelman want to be seen in public. If you're leaving the Patriots, is that something that you're doing? I don't think so. I don't think so. From a PR perspective, that... That makes your move out of New England look even worse, in my opinion. And I know you could say, well, like, they're friends. They can't hang out. Yeah, you can hang out. But if you're going to make a decision in a month, you can't, for one month, stay away from being courtside with Julian Edelman? You guys can't hang out anywhere else? Like, so... Well, Tom Brady's reaction was concerning to me and probably the first time I took a step back and went, whoa, what was that? What's he doing, Tom? Even though that was concerning, I see Edelman pumping out a t-shirt, which I don't think he'd be doing if he knew Brady was gone. And then I think of the fact that they knew they were going to be on camera together, and I don't think that if if Brady knew he was leaving, I don't think he'd be going. To, I don't think he'd be making his public rounds with his former wide receiver. I just don't think that's going to happen. I think if you're making that big of a move to leave the Patriots, given who you are as Tom Brady, given how big of a move that is, I think you probably take the next month and avoid any public appearances with Julian Edelman. Right? That's what I would think he'd do. And then, of course, you got them FaceTiming with Mike Vrabel. The whole thing's wacky. <laughs> the whole thing, it's kind of a wacky scene. And if you put it all together, it's almost like they're purposely trying to stir it up. And if they're purposely trying to stir it up, to me, that's another that that's another. Reason that I have for thinking that Brady's returning to the Patriots. They're just trying to stir it up now. All these other reports, Jeff Darlington, they're they're just trying to mix it up. They're trying to to get the Patriots scared. And what did I tell you last week? The Patriots, they're going to fire back. You're going to hear some type of report that the Patriots, well, they're looking elsewhere if Brady leaves. Patriots will go after another quarterback. And what do we hear? We heard the Andy Dalton stuff again. We heard the Andy Dalton stuff again, and I already responded to this back in January when we first heard the Andy Dalton rumors, which, and my reaction to it was, to paraphrase here, and the clips on YouTube, I I put it out on Twitter last night again in case you missed it, subscribe to my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Danny Picard, but my reaction, in case you missed it, was... Andy Dalton is the Patriots starting quarterback next year. I am done with the Patriots. Like, wh- what are we doing? Why would you go to Andy Dalton? Just hand, just hand it off to the kid and of him. There's a reason you drafted him. There's a reason you've been drafting quarterbacks. So that when Brady's done, you have a kid that's in place to take over. Oh, don't you want to see what Belichick can do with Andy Dalton? No, I don't. No. I, I'd i rather see what he can do with the young kid and Jared Stidham than what he could do with Andy Dalton. Why do I need to see what he can do with Andy Dalton? Andy Dalton's not going to be Tom Brady. Neither is Stidham. I get it. But I wouldn't have the kid behind Andy Dalton. Just give it to the kid. Give it to Stidham. Like, neither of those guys is going to be Brady. So, maybe Stidham would be a little worse than Dalton in his first couple years. Okay. But so what? Neither are going to be Brady. It's never going to be better than Brady. I got news for you. (laughs) It's it's depressing to say. It's depressing to think about. But it's true. The Patriots are not going to ever roll somebody in to that quarterback position that is as good as Tom Brady. So why do you want to go bring Andy Dalton in? You have the kid. You drafted him. Give him the keys to the car. Now, I don't think that's going to happen because I do think, again, that Brady's going to return. Like I said, the end of that video, there was some concern from me over the weekend. But then when I put it all together, and like I've tried to do with this situation, and every situation is use some common sense and some logic trying to put myself in everybody's shoes. If I'm in Edelman's shoes, there's no way I'm pumping out that Tom Brady t-shirt if I know Brady's leaving. There's no way. And if I'm Brady, if I know I'm gone, and I'm taking off from New England, and I'm out of here, there is no way I am making public appearances courtside at college basketball games with Julian Edelman. Like, doesn't even make sense. Why would you do that? Right? And then, of course, they're FaceTiming Mike Vrabel. Um, If you're Edelman, why are you FaceTiming Vrabel? Hey, come recruit Brady for me. Come recruit Brady to leave New England. There's just, there's a lot going on here. We're overreacting to all of it. But it, I mean, it is Tom Brady. It is a big deal. I don't want him to leave. I don't think he should leave. And reading into that situation as much as I possibly could, having a couple of days to think about it now, I still don't think Tom Brady is going to leave. I don't. I think he's staying. I think he's staying. That's what I think. So Edelman was right. He's coming back. He's coming back. <laughs> It kind of makes you think they it. It kind of makes me feel like they already have an agreement to a deal, I, right? To come back to the Patriots, it's like oh, this kind of my takeaway. There's there's more going on behind the scenes than anybody knows. There's not this big bad beef with Belichick, Kraft, and Brady. They're always gonna try to portray it like that, though, because what do I always tell you? That's what people want. People are digging to get to a certain story. A lot of these guys go, here's the juicy stuff. Here's what I want that to be. So I'm going to make calls and send emails with a certain mindset. And if I get anything that kind of gets me closer to my end result and my end goal to what I want to hear, then I might exaggerate the facts a little bit to, get, to make it sound like it is getting closer to that point. People want Brady, Belichick, Kraft to hate each other. They want there to be an ugly split. That That's the most juiciest rumor there could be with these guys. And until, it's, for some people, until they get it, like until they get that moment where Belichick and Brady split because they hate each other, they won't stop trying to dig to make sure that it's true, even though it's just not. I don't think it is. I don't think there's, there's this big war going on between the Patriots and Tom Brady. It's a negotiation. There's a difference between negotiation and a war. The sides are going to meet. They're going to talk. They're going to get together. They're going to express to each other what each side wants, what is likely for each side, what's reasonable for each side. They're going to do that. A lot of people think that's not even going to happen. Like, oh, Brady's already made up his mind. He's gone. The Jeff Darlington report last week. Is he already gone? If Brady was committed to leaving the Patriots, no chance. You think he'd be courtside with Julian Edelman? Would that be a good look for Tom Brady? Do you think Edelman would be pumping out that T-shirt if he knew Brady was gone? I, I, I don't think those things would be happening if the Jeff Darlington report was true. So, um, they're going to keep, both sides are going to keep playing the game. I had to react to it because during this quiet time in the sports world this is a big this is a big story anyways but it's an even bigger story because there's not really that much stuff going on there's not there's not really that much stuff going on so uh we do react to it and my reaction to it is while it is the most concerned I've been on the Brady free agency front I will say taking a step back not giving you the knee jerk reaction thinking about it, letting it all marinate. I put myself in everyone's shoes, try to use common sense and logic. I don't think Tom Brady is leaving. I still don't. And in fact, I don't think we would even have this. If he was leaving, we wouldn't have this story to think about because I don't think Brady would be seen making public appearances with Edelman with this type of situation hanging over his head. I just don't. If he was leaving. If he knew he was gone. That was it. He's signing with the Raiders. I don't think he would be sitting with Julian Edelman. I don't. I do think that Brady understands his importance. Well, well, maybe it doesn't look like that. This is another reason why I give you all the time that I think the rumors are being blown out of proportion why I think he's coming back. Like, from the outside looking in, Brady is kind of making it look like publicly that he doesn't care about anything or anyone in New England. Right? Like, he's not really showing that that he loves Patriots fans or that he loves the Patriots organization. And, and But, but I, I do think that that's not true. I, I do think he has an appreciation for his importance in this town. He does. He has an appreciation for that importance. He understands it. And with him understanding that, if he was leaving, I don't think he's going to leave, know the, understand the importance of him in this town, and then go sit courtside with Julian Edelman, the Patriots' best receiver. I don't think he's going to do that. I just don't. What, what did he say to Edelman? The reaction was concerning, but even if he's saying he's not, That could, again, just be Brady playing the game. I don't think Brady made Edelman say that. I think he just wanted Edelman to shut up. Because, again, there still is a negotiation at play. So, Brady, if there's a negotiation at play, Brady can't sit there and go, yeah, yeah, I am. I'm coming back. Like, he can't do that. Because then there's no more negotiation. Then you're showing your hand. You're showing your cards. Brady's got cards. (laughs) Right? He he holds the cards. The stealer, quote from David Price. And I'll get to David Price in a minute. But Brady's got cards he doesn't want to show him. Doesn't want to show his hand. And I don't blame him. Again, it's a negotiation. It's a business. Brady understands though his importance in this town and the magnitude of the decision he would be making if he chose to leave. He understands that. So if he was choosing to leave, I don't think he'd be sitting there with Edelman. I really don't. I really don't. And I certainly don't think Edelman, if he knew Brady was leaving, would be like, ah, screw you. I'm going to make it look even worse by putting up this t-shirt, making some money off the deal. I don't think that would be happening either. So I still taking it all in. I don't think Brady is leaving. I think he's staying. I think he is. I think he's staying. A quarterback you can trust, Tom Brady. I'd love to get that t-shirt too. would love to get that T-shirt. But whatever happens with Tom Brady, I will react to it Um, because we have to, right? We have to. And this time of year, we react to things that are said at spring training as well, not just things that happen in the NFL offseason, but uh, in the preseason of the Major League Baseball season. Spring training is ongoing. And, um, you know, what are we, three and a half weeks away from opening day? A little over three and a half weeks away from opening day. Uh, you know, we still get some time. So sometimes there are stories around this time in spring training that can get blown out of proportion, and maybe one of them is this Bob Nightingale story on David Price. It could be because if you read the story, I don't think that Bob Nightingale does David Price any favors with the headline. <laughs> I, I don't think he's doing I don't think he's doing him any favors. Uh, and when I, when I, what I mean by that, what I mean by not doing him any favors is the headline reads, and sorry, my phone, once again, messed up. I'm trying to load things here and things are not loading. The headline says free from the grind of Boston, David Price is loving his new life with the Dodges. I couldn't be happier. That's a quote from Price in the headline. Quote, I couldn't be happier. End quote. Again, let me read that headline. In the USA Today by Bob Nightingale. Free from the grind of Boston, David Price is loving his new life with the Dodgers. Quote, I couldn't be happier. End quote. The first part of the story is a quote from David Price talking about how There's such a big difference with the way the media is handling him already. They had the introductory press conference with the Dodgers, David Price and Mookie Betts. And David Price gives a quote to Bob Nightingale about how different it was after that introductory press conference with the Dodgers, how different it was with the Dodgers than it was with the Red Sox, how different the media was. Here's a quote from Price. He says, quote, it's such a big difference from Boston to here. Really, it's night and day. Price continues, that was a big day for me, a very big day. I came in, got undressed, showered, came back to my locker, and stood there for 10 to 15 minutes. There were maybe two or three reporters hanging out, talking to other guys, and nobody came over to talk to me about my day. I couldn't believe it. It was like after me and Mookie had our introductory press conference at Dodger Stadium, we walk off the field when it was all done, and Mookie says... That's it? Is this a joke? End quote. Um, so, David Price obviously asked about... By Bob Nightingale, asked about the difference with the media. And I don't know if Nightingale asked him first and Price answered. Or if Price was just kind of letting it all out, opening his chest, going, Wow, this is a relief and just went off without being asked about it? I mean, maybe. It's possible. Here's the deal. It's very clear that David Price hated the media in this town. And he's not the first guy to hate the media in this town. And he won't be the last. It can be obnoxious. It can be annoying. It can be difficult to deal with. If, if negative things being said about you it will affect you. Right? Especially in the day of social media. David Price was a guy who cares... He's a guy who cares what other people think about him. Certainly, he was a guy who cared what people in Boston thought about him. To the point where, if anybody said anything bad about him, it would really piss him off. It would really affect him. Even if it wasn't that bad. And the perfect example for that is when he confronted Hall of Famer Dennis Eckersley on the team plane. Dennis Eckersley, uh, one of the broadcasters for the Red Sox on Nessun, who is known to tell it like it is, and he's great. Eck is one of the best in the biz at at being a color commentator, breaking down a game. And um, he, he says what's on his mind, and I think it's refreshing to hear that. He never said anything all that bad about David Price, but David Price is somebody that, If you say anything that's not great, if you're not putting him on that pedestal, if you're not calling him one of the best in the game, he takes it personally. It affects him. He cares about what you think on social media, in the media. And clearly, the jump from the Red Sox to the Dodgers is going to be like he says night and day when it comes to the media because it is a different beast. It is a different beast. And that's not to say, I, I'm not telling you that dealing with, I'm not telling you that that's, that's false, that's true. It's a different beast. Um, But I just get this sense that David Price constantly, just by talking about this, knowing this is going to be a story. Again, Bob Nightingale, I don't think he does David Price any favors with the headline. Like if I was Price today, I might be a little pissed off with that. I might be like, eh. You know that's what you chose to write the story about. But again, that's probably what Price is doing because he, do- like, he doesn't want to be portrayed in a negative light, at all, by anyone in the media or anybody in the world. But this idea that that David Price, he just he, he's looking for sympathy, right? It happened when he was here, and now it's happening when he's with the Dodgers, like reflecting on his time in Boston. That was, like the headline read, such a grind. The grind in Boston. Price, by continuing to talk about how difficult the media was in this town, how it affected him, how it made his life so bad, he's looking for sympathy. He is screaming and begging for sympathy from people to be like, oh, poor guy, poor guy. And the one thing I've always told you about David Price is that I am never going to give him that sympathy. He's never going to get that from me. I wrote great things about David Price, the pitcher. All right? I rooted for David Price, the pitcher, maybe more than anybody else in this town. Because David Price, the pitcher, is somebody that I wanted the Red Sox to give $217 million to. It's somebody that I was glad the Red Sox gave $217 million to. And it was somebody that, You know, just from a baseball perspective, would have liked to see Price stay with the Red Sox. But there's just something else there that makes him difficult to root for, even though the baseball side of it, I root for. And I've praised him a heck of a lot, more than a lot of other people in this town. But it's this idea that he is looking for sympathy from people because of how much of a grind it was for him in this town because of the media. Like, you're not going to get sympathy for me because you make $30 million a year. And at the end of the day, the grind that you talk about when you deal with the media with the Red Sox is really what? Dan Shaughnessy writing words down on paper about you? <laughs> like, you can't get over that? People coming at you on social media? Like... Don't use social media. if I made thirty million dollars a year, and I go on this rant all the time, but if I made million give me two million a year. Give me a million a year. but i I would probably pay someone to just tweet out whatever I need to tweet out. I don't even need to read it. You just drop some bombs on Twitter and get out of there. I don't need to read people. you think I need to read some schmucks comment from some town out in western Massachusetts? Who's probably playing video games and picking his nose on a Saturday night. Like, you think I, I should care, right? Forget about caring about what that person says. You think I need to read it? Should I ever even see that? No. Like, dude, you made $30 million in this town to play baseball. And you didn't even play every day. You're a starting pitcher. You played every fifth night. You made $1 million. Every time you walked out to that mound, you made A million dollars a start every season with the Red Sox. And yet now that you're no longer with the Red Sox, you're still on this this little rant, this this thing that you have in your head that's clicking that you need to tell somebody about how difficult it was for you in the town that you spent several years in in which you made a million dollars every time you went to work. Which was once every fifth night. $30 $30 million a year. Averaged out to $2.5 million a month. Oh, you poor guy. You, you had it so tough. We, we, the common folk, will never be able to relate to anything that you had to deal with. As somebody that was making $2.5 million a month on average. I am so sorry. For the grind that you had to be put through. That must have been horrible for you. To know that every time you went out to that mound. You made one million dollars. That must have been so bad. How could you deal with a columnist in this town. Writing something bad about you. If you give me one million dollars. Every time I come into the studio and do a show. I will let you say anything you want, even if it's not true, and I won't give a shit. Knowing that what you write or what you say won't affect any of the money that I'm going to make moving forward, any of the happiness that I will have moving forward, I could care less. Say what you want about me. Make things up. But if you're giving me a million dollars every time I come in to do this show, I mean... Would that be a grind? Would I be able to consider that a grind if other people? And by the way, it's not like people were making things up about David Price. He confronted Dennis Eckersley on that plane. If you don't get the job done in this town, you know, I consider and go, well, you're going to be held accountable. That's strong. But the point is, this is a town that cares. This is a town that uses professional sports as as the ultimate escape. It's a love fest for the teams in this town. And if you come here and you don't get the job done, especially if you're a guy that makes so much money and you struggle a little bit, or you say some things that piss people off, then, you know, you're going to hear about it. In the media, from the fans, I don't think anyone made anything... up about David Price so at the end of the day how bad was the media even to deal with for him he won the World Series had a lot of people saying he should have been the World Series MVP instead of Steve Pierce the year before when he was coming out of the bullpen in the playoffs when they played Houston a lot of people saying David Price was the best player on the team and that series was the only player in that postseason that showed up in 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 2017 how bad really was it for David Price? It was so bad that he still has to talk about it to national columnists in spring training when he's with a new team. He's looking for sympathy. He's not going to get it from me, and he shouldn't get it from you. He shouldn't get it from anybody. There should be no sympathy here for him. And the fact that he can't understand that tells me, like, there's just something in his brain that's that uh, just isn't clicking the right way. Like, dude, you, do you really think I should feel sympathy for you? The grind that you had? You're making $30 million a year right now. You don't know shit about a grind. I'll be honest with you. I, you make $30 million a year playing a professional sport, going out every fifth night to pitch and throw a baseball. You don't know shit about a grind, okay? And this is the blue-collar town. Like this, nobody's going to have sympathy for a guy that's talking about grinding it out, making $2.5 million a month. $1.5 million every time he shows up to work. Give me a break, dude. I get it. The, the Nightingale headline and maybe the way he put the story together definitely doesn't do Price any favors. And if I'm Price, I'd probably be a little pissed as, as to how he put this together. But, dude, don't even talk about it. Like, (laughs) you can't bring yourself to just going, if you're asked about it, going, eh, you know what, I won a championship in Boston. Um, They ended up giving me a huge contract. I should be grateful for that. And I got traded, and I'm with Mookie, and this is my new place. You know, the past is in the past. Right now, I'm focused on the Dodgers. I'm focused on winning with the Dodgers. I'm focused on getting this team over that hump. I'm confident in my abilities. I'm more motivated than ever. Let's go. You can't say that? You can't say that! Why can't he say it? Because he wants your sympathy. He wants you to sit there and go, oh man, he had it so tough in Boston. Oh! Wow, that must have been difficult for him. I feel bad for him. He's a good dude who works hard, who shouldn't have to put up with Dan Shaughnessy columns. He shouldn't have to open the newspaper every day and read something negative about his name. Poor guy. I wouldn't want to be him. (laughs) Dude, I would give anything to be David Price in his situation. I'd literally give anything. And yet he wants people who feel that way to go, tough life he's got. (laughs) Dude, shut up. It's insane. Like there's no, he obviously can't relate to 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 the common folk. Like he can't relate to the common person. Man, just, just don't talk about the media in Boston anymore. It wasn't really that big a deal at the end of the day. And it's just making you look soft. That's all it's doing. And and. You know, you I don't think I don't think he's soft. If he was, he wouldn't have performed the way he did in the 2018 postseason. But there is something there that he wants. He wants your sympathy. I'm not going to give it to him, and neither should you. And neither should you. So um it's just it's it's funny to see that story pop up, but uh you know, it's not shocking either it's 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 not shocking i see david price still concerned about the way he was treated they give you 217 million 2.5 million a month is that's the number for me that's like eh. maybe maybe try to understand just take a step back and try to understand that no one's gonna feel bad for a guy who throws a baseball making 2.5 million a month right nah in fact i i would love to be that guy david price would not want to be in my financial situation right now in my grind you want to talk about grind step into my shoes for a couple minutes um that's the latest with david price hopefully the last hopefully the last you know though no, i don't know if there's anybody in la that Who's out in L.A.? Who's the columnist out there, the big-name columnist? J.A. Adande? Or Bill Plasky? Are those the guys? Are they ever going to write something bad about David Price? Will Price confront them? So maybe it isn't. I mean, maybe it isn't. Maybe Price will be expecting it to be all, you know, bouquets being thrown at him, even after a tough start in L.A. Ah, oh, you're in L.A., don't worry about it, the weather's beautiful. Yeah, there's traffic, but who gives a shit? Here's another bouquet. Maybe he thinks that's how it's going to go down because he didn't get the media attention after his introductory press conference that he would have received with the Red Sox, right? And then the first time somebody maybe questions something that he does with an injury or an outing or something that he, a way he reacts to something post-game, maybe he'll overreact. So maybe it isn't the end. We'll keep an eye on it. We'll keep an eye on it. Um... You know the pitcher though. I'm I'm a I'm a fan of David Price the pitcher. The personality that goes along with that pitcher tough to root for. Even tougher to root for when he's with another team and continues to try to tell everybody about how difficult it was dealing with the media in this town. Please, please give me a break. Give me a break. I'll move on because it's just pissing me off. Um, <laughs> the, I the the NBA. We got to get to the NBA. Close out the show with this thought on the NBA, on the Celtics specifically. I watched this game Saturday night against Houston. The Celtics lose in overtime to the Rockets. Does anybody talk about James Harden and how infuriating it is to watch him play basketball? Does anyone talk about this or is it just me? I've talked about this before. I've mentioned it to people, you know, that I watch basketball games with, friends, family, where I'm like, James Harden. I'm so glad he's not on the Celtics. And I know there was probably a point in time where I was looking at him going, wow, you know, I wish maybe the Celtics would make a move for James Harden. Like he was, every time you think of the big names that could be available and and guys that you want on your team, I'm sure there was a time where I said, yeah, go get James Harden. But I would have been wrong. He's infuriating to watch. Whatever James Harden has become, and I know he's an all-star and one of the best players in the league, but whatever that guy has become on the court is just, drives me insane. Drives me mad. Like, I get I get angry watching him. The, cro- the non-stop crossover and the crazy shots, I just, it's, he takes the crazy crossover, crazy shot dynamic to a new level. Nobody will ever top that. The level that James Harden's taken it to. And it's so outrageous that, It makes me mad watching it, even when he hits them, even when he hits shots. I can't imagine rooting for this guy. It must be frustrating to watch. Anyways, Celtics lose in overtime to Houston on Saturday night. And the reason it was in overtime was because Jason Tatum was at the free throw line, missed intentionally, hit the front rim, balls loose, squirts out to Jalen Brown, Jalen Brown at the buzzer ties the game to send it to OT. It was wacky. I didn't expect it happening. You know, Paul Pierce was courtside. Everyone's going nuts. It was great. But you got to close that game out with a win. Celtics had a chance to close that game out in overtime with a win. It was Jalen Brown again with the final shot and then they had an opportunity to maybe get a rebound. You know, Tice couldn't get it up. My beef with that final play is that you got to get the ball to Tatum. That's where I'm at with Tatum. I, I told you last week, you know, LeBron called him the young king. I posted the clip on YouTube for you if you want to go check that out. But that's where I'm at with Tatum. Like, that's his shot. This is his team. And when this becomes his team, that becomes his shot. And overtime, Saturday night, ABC, against one of the best teams in the West. Let's go. That ball's going to Tatum. I like what Jalen Brown has done. Um, I think you could have made the argument that Jalen Brown could have been in the All-Star game. Fine. But this is Tatum's team. And that's his shot in overtime to win it on Saturday night on ABC. And he didn't take it. And that's a problem. That's a problem. You you know, let's not make this league complicated. Let's not do it. Maybe Brad Stevens wants to make it a little complicated. We we saw that at times when Kyrie Irving was on the team, I think that frustrated Kyrie a couple times. Right? What was the game? Was that the Orlando game last year? The Orlando game on the inbound. We actually, it was was it it was Tatum that took the shot baseline right? Tatum wasn't ready for that shot yet. Because Gordon Hayward was inbounding, and Irving comes over yelling at Hey at, at Hayward. Irving wanted that ball. I don't blame him. This year, Tatum should want that ball. That's Tatum's shot this year in that situation. They didn't give it to him. He's got to get it. You got to find a way to get it to him. Don't make this too complicated. It's the NBA. In that moment, your best player takes your biggest shot. Jason Tatum has been your best player, and it's not even close. We talk about him becoming a superstar. Not just an all-star, a superstar. One of the best players in the game. The young king, as LeBron calls him. We're not laughing at that. We're nodding our heads in approval. He's right. So shouldn't he get to to this point, the biggest shot for the team in the season? Of course he should. Anything else is just overthinking it. And the Celtics? You you could say to Tatum, I think he was looking like he was trying to maybe get off the guy who was guarding him and get open. Draw something up to get him open draw it up for Jason Tatum to take that final shot in overtime. They didn't. They didn't. And, you know, I, I guess you could say that it's hindsight. It's a great thing to say in hindsight now that Jalen Brown missed the shot. But, no, I was saying it at the time. I was saying it at the time. You know, at the end of regulation, that's just a, a fluke play that it ends up in Jalen Brown's hands and he has to shoot because time there's no time left. But you have a chance to drop a play, to get it in the hands of the guy that's your best player, that's been your best player for the last month and a half, and not even close, that we've been calling one of the best plays in the league, and you don't give him the ball in that spot, and he doesn't get the shot, and you lose the game by one in overtime on Saturday night on national TV against one of the best teams in the West. That's that's a bad play call. That's bad coaching. That's you know, if the play was to Tatum and they didn't end up getting it to Tatum, that's bad execution. That's bad everything all, all around for Tatum to not get a shot with no time left to win the game. Even if he missed it, I'd say it doesn't matter. You took your best shot with your best player. And the Celtics didn't do that on Saturday night. And that kind of pissed me off because they had a chance to do it. Like, they had a, they had a chance to do it. and 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 Tatum didn't get the shot. So, um... If they're going to fix anything moving forward, I would say that would be it. Like, Tatum's your guy. That's his play. That's his shot. Don't overthink it. That's it. That's it. Um, hey, they'll have other opportunities like that. And and you just hope they learn their lesson and give it to Tatum moving forward. But that's what we got with the NBA. That's what we got with the Celtics. That's what we got in this time period now where, you know, just get. we need to get to the playoffs in the NBA and the NHL. We need to get to March Madness. We need to get to regular season baseball. And once we get there, it'll all be fine. We need, and we need to get, of course, to the point where Tom Brady announces that he is returning to the Patriots. Something that I think he will do. But any news on Brady, any news on anything in the sports world, I will react, as I always do, on this show. Uh, I'll do it on Thursday. So um, make sure you get the show wherever podcasts are available. iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn. Google Play, you name it, they got it. Just search the Danny Picard show. Hit that subscribe button. Also, smash that subscribe button on YouTube where I post video highlights of this show. YouTube.com slash Danny Picard. Check out my website for all my content, DannyPicard.com. Enjoy the rest of your week, everybody. I'm out. I will talk to you on Thursday.